Did you tell them what you found in the car? I can't remember. Yeah, it was a mouse. <laughs> he says totally deadpan. Ted, deadpan, blah. Oh my God, like I really did get a good Jeep. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh my God. I cannot talk. He said, wow, I really got a really good deal on these cars. You know, I got two for the, the price of one and a free mouse. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cute little mouse. I know you guys think it's like, oh my God, I had a mouse. But it was like plump and it was kind of like a baby mouse. It looked all timid and scared and it was fat. I was like, damn. So he must have came from North Carolina where I picked up the car. I feel really bad because I don't think it was an adult and perhaps it got separated from his parents, you know, but he was chilling in the uh, car. So yeah, Stella found him, sniffed him out. Yeah. You know, you know, what is up? Gang's all here. Jacob, Natasha. What up? What up? What up? Hey, for you guys, whatever tier you are, be sure to do the ad-free episodes. Well, they're they're all Supremos. Oh, yeah. Everybody on here is a Supremo. Okay, well, I should say this as far as the ads go. If you're not getting the ad-free episodes, because we can't actually control what ads go in there. Right. And we're kind of like on, under this contract with the company we host with. So whatever ads they put in there, we literally have no control over. And the reason I'm saying that is because the election's coming up. So if you don't want to hear all those election ads... Mm. Good point. Like, go ad-free. And for you guys, if you're not doing the ad-free thing, you can listen to it on any app, any podcasting app. That's the thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you don't, because I do, who wants to hear all this freaking ads? So all we do is basically enable the monetization. And I have no idea who's advertising on there. We see it sometimes. It's like, I think like uh, Wayfair advertises, Eglin's Best, I think, <laughs> advertises. But then there's probably going to be a ton of political campaigns. Yeah. You know, yeah, this year, hell yeah, this yeah, year gonna be a ton. So I know I'm it's sure annoying. it's gonna be annoying as fuck. Yeah, so it's really easy to to do it, Jacob. If you haven't, it's super easy, and like the the episodes will come up if you see it, like right here on my uh, my thing. You see the difference between those two top ones? That's uh, our show with the ads, and our show without the ads has the orange circle. I can't like blow it up, but ah, uh, okay. So the orange circle is no ads. All right, let's do this, dude. Let's Let's do this episode here. I sent you these notes. We're going to do it. We're going to do it good tonight. That was weird. All right. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Sweet. I've been ready. So here's where we're going to tonight. We are going to the Google Earth. Oh, good. Megatron's ready. Okay, good. I was worried there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. What is this? This is in Indiana. Has anybody been here? It's right by Chicago and Gary. Were we just talking about that in the headline? Where? Gary? Yeah. I don't know. The abandoned town? Wasn't that where it was? No. Was it? Yeah. Holy shit. That would be fucking freaky. I think it was. Scary Gary. Yeah. But is that Gary, Indiana? No way. I think it was. What? Yeah, I gotta find it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. The Indiana border city of Gary. What? Seriously, dude? Yes. It's been undergoing a makeover following six decades of decline, which earned the moniker Scary Gary. That is kind of weird. That's weird. So we're going here. So this is it right here. This is uh, Gary. This is actually the exact spot we're going to right here. That's weird. And yeah, it's it's kind of weird, dude. (laughs) Uh, Did you realize that? Because you posted that. No, dude, I didn't realize that. I didn't even realize it when, you know. So technically, this is Gary slash Hammond. Like it, it isn't Gary, but Hammond is like right over here. So but anyway, this is where we're going right there. 
Indiana. That is kind of crazy. June 22nd, 1918. This is an oldie but a goodie. And clearly the town's been in decline ever since <laughs> whatever happened here happened that we're talking about. Maybe. A bunch of clowns walking around. What? Oh, God. <laughs> June 22nd, 1918. This is an oldie, but it's a goodie. And someone had requested this. I'm not sure who, but 4 a.m. This is in Gary, Indiana, right before you enter Hammond, Indiana. A 52 years old train conductor, engineer, the guy that's driving the train, get out of my fucking way, type of shit. Mm -hmm. Alonzo Sargent. He is employed by the Michigan Central, which is the, it's like the Department of Transportation in Michigan. The Michigan Central, he is an engineer and he has been for 28 years. He is cruising through Gary, almost at Hammond, at a pretty cool 50 miles an hour. Pretty fast. Now, this is 4 a.m. in the morning. Wee hours, and this is before all the light pollution and stuff like that. So, stars are out. It's a beautiful night, and he is just rolling. He has been doing this for the last 28 years, and he plans to do it for a, at least another 15. Wait, so is Avenue Q, does that take place in Gary, Indiana? Is that a band? I don't know. It's uh, it's referenced in the Music Man, I think. I'm a theater kid, so that's where I know Gary, Indiana. Oh. I don't, I don't know. What's Avenue Q? I don't know. It's a musical. There we go. It's a musical, Puppets and Humans. I, I kind of, I'd rather listen to Dashboard Confessional, but... <laughs> There's a place off Ocean Avenue. Oh, oh. That's yellow card, babe. <laughs> oh. All right. Anyway, Gary how Coleman you, is a- How can you mix those two up? Uh, Gary Coleman is a security guard, I think, now, isn't he? Or is he dead? I, I think he- I don't know. Fuck. Alonzo Sargent, he is cruising 50 miles an hour. He's got this thing pumped to the max, and it's a beautiful night. It's just him and his locomotive fireman who's on staff with him. They're there in the, the cabin of the train. This is engine eight. 8485 leaving from Kalamazoo, Michigan, going through Gary, Indiana, to their next stop. He conducts a troop train, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a, a government train, big old steel designed to carry troops across the borders. It's basically like a big mobile barracks. He's got about 20 to 30 cars behind him. Other than that, it's his train is completely empty. He is just returning the train after dropping troops off. And he is going a good 50 miles an hour. And, you know, he starts to yawn a little bit because it's 4 a.m. Now it's like 4.30 a.m. And before this, he's had a couple of heavy meals. The reason he has these heavy meals is being a conductor. He is expected to make the fastest time possible. And unlike a truck driver, he just can't pull over a train to go to a diner somewhere. So what you do is you eat really heavily so that you don't have to eat three meals a day. And then when you're working, which his job is to drive across multiple states, he wants to do it in the fastest time available. He doesn't have to stop. Does yep. that make sense? He looks over and saw his locomotive fireman, Emil Krauss, snoozing. He's also been up for about 24 hours. Both of the men got up at 5 a.m. the day before, and they have been driving, and it is now almost 4 a.m. So 
23 hours up. He looks over at him and he is snoozing. And that's okay. You know, I mean, they've been working together forever. You know, whatever. One one person sleeps, the other one drives. You know, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, from the official statement for this case, leaving Michigan had cleared track to East Gary and their caught block of train ahead reduced speed, but did not have time to stop as block cleared before I reached it. Reduced speed going through Gary to comply with the rules and saw no more signals of caution or danger until approaching curve east of Ivanhoe, which is right at that spot that I showed you on Google Maps, where I found second signal east of wreck at caution. So that is basically train talk for he is driving and seeing flares, what they call fuses back in the day, but they're basically flares. It's just Mm -hmm. to warn someone. And if you go back to the Google Earth, you see there's multiple tracks side by side. So he sees these flares, but he's not seeing seeing that, uh, you know, maybe a train has broken down and then they just forgot to get the flares back or whatever. He's not seeing anything to be worried about. After a while, he just thinks that he's passed all the signals and flares and he just keep he just keeps on cruising, man. Pitch black outside. The wind is blowing in his face, blowing his face, coming in from outside. He's going 50 miles an hour. The thing's making him cold. So he reaches over and he shuts the sliding sliding glass on the window and the cabin warms up pretty quickly and it's nice and cozy. Oh man, why didn't I do this an hour ago? Feeling good in here. He's got those heavy mills in him. The stars are out. It's beautiful. It's nice and cozy and warm in the cabin. And not only that, the the slow rumble soothing of a train, kind of like sitting on a dryer. If you... Remember the product that you had? What was it? Uh, I'll give a, a trivia point to anybody who remembers what the name of John's product was. It's like it's like sitting on a dryer if you're a woman, you know. <laughs> Shram. Okay, Jen's college friends. They're talking about musicals and Shram's like, what are you talking about? Don't worry, Shram. I have no idea what they're talking about either. The soothing rumble of the train tracks. <gasps> He looks over again at his fire engineer and he's just snoozing and all these factors just add up. Now, Alonzo doesn't recall how long he dozed off for, but he does claim that he woke up going full speed and in front of him was a train's caboose stalled on the track. He was 75 feet away from the caboose when he saw it. Oh boy. Kind of crazy. Can you read from his official statement? From Alonzo's official statement, I awoke suddenly and saw the tail or marker lights showing red on a train directly ahead of me. Not realizing that the rear end of this train was so close, I started to make service application, but before completing it, placed brake valve handle into an emergency position. We struck almost instantly after making the brake application. He sees this thing 75 feet away. It's a caboose. It is stopped on the tracks. It is stalled. The axle broke. It is going zero miles an hour. His train is going pushing 50 or above. His train is also made of good old-fashioned American steel. It's a troop train. The train on the track was made of old wood. It's very rickety. He saw it 75 feet away. And by the time by the time he engages the brake is the exact moment where he slams into the back of it, going full speed ahead, baby. 
So, has anyone heard of this? The Hammond, Indiana train wreck of June 22nd, 1918 was one of the worst train wrecks in history. At least 86 people were killed, 127 of those seriously injured. Heidi. Hey, Heidi. Everyone, this is a math problem. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, What's a math problem? The whole train is going 75. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That was good. That was that good. That was funny, yeah. At least 86 people killed, 127 of those seriously injured. Bloody faces, just from the injured. Bloody faces, fractured skulls, broken backs, unconscious. Others, quote, crying out in agony. Those are the injured, the 127 survivors, broken backs for the survivors. So what did Jesus. the what did the deceased look like? Ugh. The train that was stopped on the track was stopped there because it had a broken axle and was actually stalled out. It was an old wooden train, not used by any of the, the major companies. The reason it was an old wooden train is because it was economical at the time for a company like the Great Wall. Shows circus. This is how they transported their circus acts, animals, and performers from town to town. The train is slow and wooden because it doesn't really have to go very fast. These train cars look like this. They're more for show. You see wooden wheels and they're decorative. They're wooden so you can actually paint them whatever color. You can put emblems on them. You can advertise your circus while you're going through these small towns. And these trains worked well for these circus professionals because they only had to travel from one town to the next and to the next and to the next. They don't have to go big distances. Right. But they also had equipment that wasn't up to standard. A wooden axle. Brake. Now they're stuck. Not only are they stuck, but they're stuck on the main track. The track where all the big companies, the coal companies, all these big, big companies go through. Got it. Now they still have to follow safety guidelines and they did. The flares, you know, he saw flares, but then he thought that that was over. He thought that, you know, maybe someone forgot to pick them back up. But those flares were there. In fact, one of the circus survivors said those flares, quote, lit up the heavens. But, you know, when you're asleep, I guess you're not going to see those. Do you guys understand where the weeping clowns are going to come in? Getting a sense. <laughs> this, this is uh, this is pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. All of the victims of tonight's story, 86 dead, 127 seriously injured, were circus performers. Every one of them. Remember, Alonzo's train was empty. It was an empty troop train. He dropped the troops off. Now he's just heading back. Wow. So it was just him and a bare bone staff, his fire chief, and you know maybe one or two other people. I want to say before we go any further, the very backs of these trains, these circus trains, carry the circus animals. However, the train had broken down several hours before and the personnel that were not performers, so this circus employed 650 employees. Wow. Only 200 of which were actual performers. So the other 400 or so got off the train when it broke down a few hours before and they started unloading the animals and things of that nature. So the animals were not harmed in this then? There were no animals harmed in this. George the hippo, nine polar bears, and all the elephants survived. Okay. You saw their train. This is what it 
We don't have a picture of their train in its uh, entirety. Okay, let me show you a picture of the only really picture of their train that we have here. And uh, you can kind of see. Hey, Matt. Good to see you. What's up, Matt? Well, first, let me show you this. This is the troop train. Okay. Big old Steam engine behemoth. Or whatever. Yeah. It's a coal engine. Big old behemoth. It's got the cow catcher right there. So the thing that push literally pushes cows out the way. And it, the thing is made of pure American steel. Yep. This, as I said, is the circus one. And we don't have a picture other than what it ended up being. If you can even tell if it's even in oh this photo. Oh my God. As you see, the circus train is all this stuff around it. Jesus, it's in little splinters. It completely annihilated wow. four cars, four trailing wooden cars and unfortunately those four cars housed all the sleeping performers all the acrobats all the clowns all the strongmen all the trapeze artists wow all the bearded ladies like all these people were in this car i know it sounds comical but this is <laughs> and sometimes it is like this story sometimes you you're going to like have to kind of chuckle cuz some of it is kind of ironic you know but yeah that's crazy though but let's let's uh, uh, let's step inside. Here's another photo here. Goodness. This pile of wood right here is where 200 performers are. And this circus Yikes. had some of the highest paid performers. Was this like the circus, you know, like up there with like Barnum and Bailey, you know? Yeah, it was. It was a it wasn't like Ringling Brothers or whatever, but it was a an extremely popular circus. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how circuses went so out of fashion. Yeah. This was the Carl Hagenbeck shows. That's what it was called. Oh, major clown catastrophe. We oh, got what? I mean, we've got a, oh, a someone man. throwing their their hat in the ring for title of the episode here. Damn, that's pretty good. If anyone else wants to drop in some potential names, you may not have even thought that's what we would use it for. But uh, we like puns mm. for for names. No laughing matter. Ah, <laughs> uh, just part of the show. That's right, Tram. Tram said, "Are they okay?" Wolfie said, well, half of them are. I want to say, here's a disclaimer Disclaimer before going forward. This story, yes, this story does have weeping clowns in it. And it's sad. <laughs> uh, all right. Can you read from the Evansville Courier and Press? From the Evansville Courier and Press, the empty troop train traveling down a straight stretch of track totally demolished three of the flimsy circus coaches and badly damaged a fourth. The train then plowed into the sleepers, reducing them to a pile of tangled steel and timbers. Clowns, bareback riders, trapeze performers, and acrobats, many of them veterans in the circus world, perished in the first great crash. The other victims were suffocated and burned. Carl Kilpatrick was one of the survivors. He is a one-legged cyclist. He tells reporters that the circus had 125 policies out on their high price stars. Like oh, these like insurance policies? Insurance policies. It nearly bankrupted the North American Accident Company because wow. all of them had to be cashed in. The performers that survived, as we'll go and see... Couldn't perform. Couldn't perform. You can't perform if your back is broken. You know what I'm saying? Or you have a fractured spine. Wow. Or something of the other. Oh my God. Can you read... Uh, oh, hold on a second. When the steel 
train impacted this stationary wooden circus train and its four cars. These cars, if you think, think of it like a math problem, it's going 50 miles an hour and this train is sitting still. It pushes this train, it pushes the circus train into each other and the individual cars kind of telescope. They kind of climb on top of each other. Does that make sense? Yes. They kind of shoot up in the sky because they're crumpling up. Right. Yeah. So they begin to telescope upwards. Can you read what an unfortunate name, or maybe this was chosen, but Lon Moore says? <laughs> His name is Lon, L-O-N, Moore, M-O-O-R. <laughs> name dude which i guess if you say it too fast does sound quite a bit like lawnmower lawnmower <laughs> a, a 52 year old <laughs> lawnmower Lon Moore, a 52-year-old clown, said, quote, I was asleep in the first of four coaches next to the flat cars in the train. The crash woke me and I realized we were being telescoped. I grabbed a pillow and held it over my face and felt myself being drawn up into a knot. When I came to my senses, I felt the body of a naked person over me, a corpse. Luckily for Lon Moore, Art Adair was laying right beside him. They were both under several train beams. Art, was a strong man. And although he wasn't the primary strong man act, he still, quote, used superhuman strength to extricate themselves, end quote. <laughs> Unfortunately, the primary strong men, Arthur Dirac and his two brothers, Max and Joe, were all burned to death under the train. That's unfortunate because I, I don't know if anyone's been to a circus and saw a strong man, but, and yeah, they, I, they probably don't have superhuman strength, but they are extremely strong. Yeah. And what do we need right now? We need strong people to pull people from under this train, right? Yep. And it just so happens that the three strong men, the primary act, Arthur, Max, and Joe, were already dead under the train. So if we had them, there would have been less people dead. Also, another unfortunate fact is that the, the troop train was empty because if it was occupied by troops, you'd have a whole army out there pulling people out. And as you'll see in a second, time is of the essence in this story. It is very important to pull people out extremely quickly. They, they are under four shredded, splintered wooden cars and, they're, and the beams that hold those cars together. Uh, 200 people. So, what? <laughs> Just catching up on some of the um, uh, truly heartbreaking said said Lee Blows. Uh, fab, fab blo- I can't I can't baby say it correctly. <laughs> Will you say it then? I can't read. I can't see it over here. Said Lee Fabloa. What what Lee? Fa- oh Lee, my god, <laughs> Lee Blower. Christ, you guys are fucking terrible. Jacob dude. <laughs> said, "What happened?" Asked Weed Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, y'all are great. Y'all are great. Uh, All right. Charles Golmar, the general manager of Carl Hagenbeck show, says, quote, Mrs. Golmar and myself were in our stateroom at the front end of the first passenger coach of the second section. So there there are basically two sections, but there are four cars. So two cars per section. The ones furthest away from the train impact are like the manager's. The the ticket takers, like those types of people, mm-hmm. right? One's right at the crash site, the caboose in the car right in front of it. Those are the main acts, okay? okay. So they're getting it the worst. 
Mrs. Goldmore and myself were in our stateroom at the front end of the first passenger coach of the second section. We were in our bed when we awoke. The roof was gone and a man was thrown through the roof into our room by the force of the collision. The engine of the troop train had plowed through three coaches into the center of the fourth. Let me show you some uh, some photos here of that were taken at the scene. Obviously, these are all in black and white, as you can uh, as you can imagine. So here's uh, here's the some of the circus performers. You have like the literally the fat lady or, or whatever they call her. There you have. I mean, it's, it's a circus, man. You have like the dwarves. And, <laughs> it's crazy. This is uh, this is their train. Wow. Before they were very beautiful train cars. Yeah, exactly. But they're wooden too, so they can uh, they can actually paint them up however they want these are some of the the wreckages you see right here i think that's the troop train i think the wooden train is all under that you see it's just completely wrecked i mean look at this like completely gone right nuts man so kind of crazy right yeah time is of the essence this train just collided it telescoped the clown train upwards in the air it threw everyone all over the place it smashed together and all the wood of this of these four cars are now splintered and beams are falling and people are stuck under the rubble if that was the end of the story we would only have 14 15 people dead but there's a reason why it, it is so important to pull people out as fast as possible you want to take a guess why why these circus trains would use lamps oil lamps these oil lamps were strung up from one from one car to the next car to the next car to the next car now usually at 4 a.m they wouldn't be lit up since this train had a broken axle they went ahead and they lit these oil lamps up so what happens when these oil lamps spill all over the place if they're lit up and they spill on this old untreated wooden. old untreated wooden and highly flammable because of the paint you said all oh, those look so beautiful well guess what that paint is highly flammable although those emblems and everything else. So what happens when those lamps start to hit the ground? Lights up pretty fast, don't it? Pretty fast, yeah. And that's why, let me go back to that one photo right quick, because you can tell this was a whole car a second ago, if you see this. Like, this was a whole car, but it looks like it has been burned completely through, does it not? Yeah. It looks like it has been burned completely through, because it has. Not only were the oil lamps falling and Starting an intense blaze with all these people, these circus performers trapped underneath. The troop train that crashed into it was coal. And when it crashed, a lot of the coal in the hot box where they light the coal up to get the engine going flew over, landed on the track and on the rubble as well. So this thing is catching fire and it is relentless. And this is where the story gets really dark. 200 performers were under this broken wooden train. When the firefighters get there from Gary, Indiana and Hammond, Indiana, as you notice in the Google Earth, there's not many water sources. There's no water sources. It's not like firefighters today where you have, what do you call those fire uh, things that dogs pee on? Fire hydrant? Fire hydrant. You don't have fire hydrants everywhere. You just have the water that's in your fire truck. There may be like a muddy pond or something you can pull water from, but if you can't get access 
to water, you can't put that fire out. And that fire is going to burn through all of that wood as it did real quick. Attempts of the Gary Fire Department to curb the flames and make it possible. Quick access to the imprisoned victims were unsuccessful because of lack of water supply in that outlying district. Survivors struggled about the rack screaming for relatives or friends and only force preventing two or three men from rushing into the blazing wreckage. The inferno of this story makes it so deadly. Can you read from the Times? From the Times, the scenes of indescribable horror that beggar all description were enacted before the horror. Stricken eyes of those who by a miracle escaped alive from the wreckage sleepers, which were set on fire immediately after the impact by coal embers from the giant, Michigan, central engine that twisted across the track. Performers, men and women in all cases, married couples with their children, were pinned underneath the burning wreckage. They screamed for aid. A lot of these top performers had their families with them. This is a common practice. So wives and children, all right? A lot of these people are now screaming for aid. Help! My back's broken. I can't move. There's a big beam on me. Help me. Help me. But those screams for aid eventually turned to something else because as they're stuck under the wreckage and they're not being pulled out the fire's creeping up on them those screams for aid only lasted minutes before that fire burned so quickly and those people who were screaming for aid are now screaming something else please kill me please kill me before the fire eats me alive they're screaming this is four in the morning circus performers trapped under this blazing inferno screaming to die please someone kill me I don't want to be burned alive. Kill me. In some cases, half of their bodies were out of the coaches and they're appealing to Christ to be killed as the flames slowly burned them bit by bit. Charred torso of what had been seen, what had been fine physiques of both young men and women as they were in the world, were put on stretchers and covered with fragments of canvas to be taken to the undertaker's wagons. A.F. Roberts was the ticket seller. He says, quote, the first thing I remember was timbers falling about me. I was not imprisoned and escaped easily. I saw people burned alive in one great flaming hell of tortured souls and consumed flesh. God, the awfulness of it. From the Franklin Democrat horror role at the singing, women pleading for their children, lost in one of the four coaches, demolished first by the crash and brought to ashes by the conflagration. Men begging to be shot rather than to be left to burn in death. Clowns, their jests turned to tears, sobbing for friends of the canvas they could not find. So in uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Megatron said, do you think it smelled funny when they burned? I just goes, I'll walk myself to hell. Okay, can, all right. So most likely they weren't all dressed up to the nines, right? So they were sleeping. It was the middle of the night. I know, I know, but like, like you hear a clown crying out for someone to shoot him. It's not like he's dressed it's with morbid. a red. It's definitely uh, it's a red, effed up. Not with a red nose and painted face, which like you think of that when you do the story, or at least I do. Matt, it definitely <laughs> didn't smell like fresh cut grass. <laughs> All right. Some lawn more right there. Oh, my God. You all are great. I love it. I agree, Shrim. This is most unhinged the chat has ever been. Well done. (laughs) 
it's a Monday. This was a good uh, good day to do a story, I think. Yeah. Initially, those in the town, everybody knows there was a crash. It was extremely loud. And now you have fire engines coming from different towns. Everyone stayed indoors because there was a rumor that spread really quickly that escaped lions were roaming the woods and tearing apart townsfolk. Jesus. And another fear of a, quote, demented circus woman had escaped clad only in her nightgown. <laughs> Jesus. But Oh, the horror. <laughs> but quickly, those fears were quashed by morbid fascination. Thousands and thousands of people flocked to witness this free performance. The same people who had paid in a town over to see the circus are now getting a free performance of the greatest caliber. Crowds, curious sightseers, watched as workmen removed remains, taking away charred bodies. We're talking about dwarves. We're talking about bearded ladies. We're talking about, you know, whatever you can think of. I've never been to a circus, but strong men being taken out, charred, completely dead. One gruesome, which I put uh, how they spelled it because I thought it was interesting. G-R-E-W-S-O-M-E. Gruesome. (laughs) It's like these old newspapers used to spell things like this, like gruesome and then clues. C-L-E-W-S. I see that all the time. Oh, interesting. One gruesome sight was a black circus roustabout, quote, dancing insanely about the fire, being burned alive before their very eyes, stark naked and covered in blood. He is on fire. That's a circus act. The fireman, right? The man who can withstand fire. This guy is completely naked. He was sleeping. He was a roustabout, which is just the like a helper of the uh, big trapeze tents. He's dancing around. Because he's on fire, he's completely engulfed in fire. He's dancing around screaming. And people are just gawking. Thousands are coming to gawk right there. Pretty effed up. Yes, fucking crazy. Incoming trains on both sides of the wreck were filled with sightseers. Men and their children started clinging on the train sides to get a glimpse of the horror that was unfolding. Clothes were strewn everywhere. Because these are the performers, they had to take all their clothes. So their clown hats and all this stuff. All over over the the tracks and all over the the grass one woman picks up a circus hat and quote did a dance on the right of way where many had been killed that's wow. fucked up she puts on a circus performer hat that she found and she starts dancing like she's in a, a performer while there are charred torsos being removed wow that's Isn't pretty bad that, yeah Jesus. Now, this circus family, as I would imagine for all circuses, they're pretty tight-knit, close family. 650 employees, and they travel with each other from town to town to town to town the entire year. And then they do it again and again and again. So they all know each other. Mm -hmm. So it's not just seeing your friends, the other entertainers, being trapped, alive, burning to death, asking you who you've known for 15 years and performed with all those good times, asking you, please, please just kill me. Just kill me. These are your best friends. Most of these deceased could never be identified. They knew who died, but they could not identify the bodies because the arms and legs were gone. The charred torsos were unrecognizable. Can you read from the Evening Star? From the Evening Star, the task of identifying the dead and seriously injured was almost hopeless. Not only were many bodies burned so badly that recognition 
recognition was impossible, but practically everyone on the circus train was killed or hurt. Some of the deceased Miss Jewel, which is a tiger trainer, the Cottrell family, bareback riders, Miss Miss Cottrell was identified only by a bag she wore around her neck. The Rooney family, which is a family of aerial performers, Rosie Roseland, the queen of bareback riders, some of the elephant trainers, many unrecognizable, completely unrecognizable. One clown whose head was wrapped with a stained bandage leaned against a tent pole while he watched the crowd on the edge of the grounds. There will be no circus in Hammond tonight, he said. The kids will get left this time. Then he fainted. Okay, so hold on. I want you to read that over because you are a circus performer. This is your entire job. You are a clown 24-7, 365 days a year. When you read that, you see how it was kind of worded. This guy, and I'll show you another picture of this clown too one from the scene right here Mm. it looks kind of comical because it looks like he is performing yeah these guys are always performing so this clown is leaning on a tent pole one clown about whose head was wrapped with a stained bandage leaned against a tent pole while he watched the crowd on the edge of the grounds there will be no circus in Hammond tonight he said the kids will get left this time then he fainted Uh, like seriously that's how like it's not even making fun of it like that is how many of the survivors were clowns and a lot of them were in a delirium and they started roaming the countryside like this man right here he is a clown and you see him on a bike it looks comical he's all tattered up and he's reaching out crying for help this was right after the crash he's still in performance mode is that not crazy yeah to see this it's it at least does look like he's in performance mode right right i mean they're performers this guy right here is this is a very sad story we're going to go to his next his name is joe coyle and he is a veteran clown of one of the highest paid in the industry i want you to read the first paragraph of this paper that i pulled joe's family was with him they just joined him two days earlier they never go with him across you know across the to circus to circus but you know he they were the train was passing through town and he picked them up so his two kids and his wife joined joe in the train so they were there too and this title of this newspaper little joe cole's last words papa help me out a father fights fire with bare hands his wife and two children perish in the wreck sights drive men mad oh papa can't you help me out this pitiful cry was uttered by little joe Coyle, six years old, as he looked up between the heavy timbers that pinned him beneath the wreckage of Hagenback and Wallace Circus train into the face of his father, tearing madly with bare hands at burning debris. A moment later, a flame swept between them and forever hiding from this man, his idol. Beneath the boy was Mrs. Coyle and another child. Joe Coyle Sr., one of the best-known clowns with the circus, was torn from the place by friends, else he perished. He is torn from the wreckage his sons and his wife were too far buried in the wreckage he is immediately torn quote it was these horrible sights that drove men temporarily mad joe coyle a clown one of the best in the industries quote wept bitterly as he lay on a stretcher and told how his wife and two babies had joined him only recently after months of absence and how all three had been crushed to death at his very side the kiddies had been 
been so glad to see their daddy, he said. I wish I could have died with them. He tried, actually. Joe was rescued rather quickly. He refused medical care. The doctor was trying to treat him right there. He was badly burned, as you saw in the photo. He started screaming at the doctor that was trying to help him. Quote, get the hell out of here and save my wife and babies, Coyle cried. He broke away and began digging at the wreckage with his bare hands, trying to find his wife and his two babies. Mrs. Coyle was killed instantly, the children reaching out to their father, one of them saying, Papa, help me out. That's fucking sad. Yeah. Told you it's a sad clown story. Yeah, Holy that is shit. really sad, actually. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Isn't that fucking nuts? Yeah. So this is Joe Coyle on on his bike. So after all that, I mean, look at his face, dude. Yeah. This is right after. I mean, he's burned. Like, this is it, dude. This is him. Yeah, his, uh, his but he's, outfit is in shreds. But he's riding around, like, on a bicycle. Like, and, you know, the handles broke off. And it's, it's weird, right? But it's, it's kind of really interesting. A lot of these clowns were wandering around town. They didn't they, know what to do. They didn't know what to do. Like, they were constantly in character, and now they lost all their friends you know and they just wander around in a delirium yeah and it's fucking nuts man i don't know when the newspapers got there they they noticed that the engineer and the fire fighter for the locomotive they were nowhere to be found both had fled the scene oh wow exactly i would have just assumed they would have perished as well no they were completely fine i mean you saw that train that train was that's a pure american steel. i mean that train barely got any scratches on it we go back and look at it mm. i mean look at this damn thing that's the train in the middle yeah the front of the train like i mean nothing right i mean (laughs) yeah i guess that piece is holy shit dude all kept together yeah no shit so they ended up fleeing at first the newspapers and the police thought that they had died in fact a wl landman general passenger agent of the michigan central said his only explanation is the engineer must have been quote dead at the throttle no other way i can account for the fact that he ignored all of the usual dangerous signals placed by the circus train said mr landman he ran past two block signals two red light signals and the usual fuse planted between the rails and throwing off a brilliant red light visible for a long distance initially he said that when he was interviewed and he was arrested boarding a train to his home in jackson i suppose that the track was clear he said it was the only danger signal that i passed when i saw the train ahead i supposed it was a freight and that it would move along rapidly enough to keep out of my way instead the circus train stopped to make a sighting my train came upon it before i realized the danger even as i struck the rear end of the train i did not realize the possibility of a serious crash if it was not a circus train this wouldn't even be a story Mm. because you know those trains like it would have killed like maybe i don't know like five people even as i struck the rear end of the train i did not realize the possibility of a serious crash i had slowed down as much as i could but i did not jump because i thought i would hit lightly instead my engine crashed through three cars that's not true eventually he came out and gave an official statement it's like okay i all right i screwed up i I screwed up and he blamed it on several things heavy meals as we talked about the wind coming in and he's shutting the thing like this is all the stuff he said and it got nice and cozy it was late he's been up for 23 hours now right his fire chief was snoring and even i saw in one report he's been taking liver pills so like it basically he fell asleep all right i mean that's it it was he fell asleep at the wheel 
Literally. Yeah. Quote, it was a horrible moment. I was too sick to comprehend what had happened. I went to Gary to the first relief train and came to Kalamazoo later to make my report. That's He's saying that he was too sickened of the event and what he did to stick around. The uh, fire locomotive said we were running along at a good rate of speed between Hammond and Gary, and I did not see the circus train on this siding until we were nearly on top of it. I saw that the collision could not be avoided. So what do you think so far? Kind of crazy, right? Yeah. What would you give... Uh, uh, what would you, uh, say, I don't know, would this guy get any jail time? I think so. I mean, it's it's like 100 counts of involuntary manslaughter or, you know, train hicular homicide. Train hicular. <laughs> We got to keep in mind these are these are circus performers. So they're not Freaks. people. I'm not saying they're not people, but is society really going to care? You know, they should. I I am just telling you. In 1918, you know, both the engineer sergeant and locomotive fire chief were arrested, and they were brought to court and tried. The jury, however, found itself deadlocked, and they declared a mistrial. Prosecutors eventually just declined to retry the case. And it was dismissed, ultimately dismissed. So they kind of wow. walk. I mean, this is a veteran, a, a 28-year-old veteran of the train industry, you know, and he did come forward and say, I did make a mistake. And plus, it's a bunch of circus circus people. Wow. Another crazy thing to remember while we wrap this up is the circus. So all those performers were lost, all their friends. They only missed two performances after that. But how? They had no people to actually perform. They made it work. I, I looked in the, going through the newspaper archives and every so literally within two months they're back on stage and I would look up the name and every month after that mentioned nothing about the crash it was just an advertisement for the circus I mean it's their livelihood they had to keep it going the show wow. the show must go on literally wow. so that is the uh, train crash of circus train crash told you there'd be weeping clowns indeed there were <laughs> indeed there were rest in ICP <laughs> Do you know what that is? That insane clown posse thing? <laughs> you remember that one guy that's like, I, I, I am regretting this tattoo. And he has like the clown yeah. tattoo. Oh my God. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? Hilarious. Y'all are great. Yeah. Y'all, y'all have been a very, this has been a very lively live chat yeah. this evening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So the reason I'm doing these disaster stories is because the podcast Disaster Thon, I narrate it. It's just, you know something to do keeps me entertained but go subscribe to that if you want it's uh just type in disaster thon on the podcast and see it and that's me but um yeah so this is going to be one of those episodes so anyway we'll do another story on what thursday or wednesday maybe wednesday i don't know what story i, I know i need to do the oddest tool ones honestly but maybe i will maybe i won't i'm gonna start burning through those 200 something episodes of uh, get them done yep anyway i hope you guys enjoyed it and i don't know I'll be on the Discord and tomorrow we'll be back on headlines and all this stuff. So anything else? No, this was a lot of fun. Y'all know we'll be back tomorrow for some headlines. So uh, we will see you tomorrow. And for the podcast, if you're wondering, since we include some of the clips of what we're laughing about in our live chat, if you're wondering how do you join the live chat for our episodes, well, you have to be a Taco Supremo on Patreon and we post our links or when we record on live and you we're sitting here on YouTube hanging out with our uh, best and brightest Supremos. With all of our bearded ladies. <laughs> all the bearded ladies. All the bearded ladies. Whoa. All right. Well, until next time, good night to you lovely, lovely people.
run this shit.